Welcome back to the TLC podcast with me, Venus Libido. And me, Natalie Byrne. And this week we are talking about something that I've wanted to talk about with Natalie for a while, but she was too scared to watch it. Um, But you finally watched it and it is about the Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I did it. I I put my head in the sand for a little bit. I was a bit too scared. But after our episode with Naomi Williams, we talked about how knowledge is power. And we can't hide well I can't hide my head in the sand when I'm and I definitely feel like I there's a responsibility with what we do where it's important to know you know yeah you know yeah yeah I do know yeah but no um but no I'm glad we're talking about this because this documentary is a real eye-opener and if you haven't watched it it's called The Social Dilemma it's on Netflix um and a little bit about it. So it's a documentary drama that explores the dangerous human impact of social networking. Throughout the film, we hear from the tech experts who helped create, develop social platforms such as Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff that we all use. And they themselves are sounding the alarm on their own creations. The film explores the rise of social media and the damage it has caused to society, focusing on its exploitation of its users for financial gain through surveillance, capitalism and data mining. How its design is meant to nurture an addiction, its use in politics, its effects on mental health and especially mental health in adolescents and rising teen suicide rates and its role in spreading conspiracy theories such as Pizzagate and aiding groups such as Flat Earthers. So that's it in a nutshell, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so interesting because I studied graphic design and one of the early things that really scared me in discussing, like, how the future was going um there was this topic that kept coming up um called the internet of things have you heard about that term no so the internet of things is meant to be this idea that in the future everything will be connected like our fridge and that's how things have gone now Mm -hmm. with alexa and i remember people talking about this and being taught about it in this very like futuristic dreamy this is the prediction of the future before alexa's came out so when alexa came out i was like oh my god it's happening like everything this idea that you wake up in the morning your alarm is connected to the internet you walk to your kitchen to to make a coffee or go to the toilet and everything is giving you notifications your screen yeah um there's a screen on the fridge there's a screen on the um tv like uh, the toilet will kind of i guess flip its lid up knowing when you're going to go to the toilet because it knows the data and it knows the time um i just googled it and it said the internet of things describes the network of physical objects things that are embedded with sensors software and other technology for the purpose of connecting and exchanging data with other devices and systems over the internet so when i was studying design it was talked about in this very futuristic like kind of exciting and positive thing that will be happening um so yeah i think this is so important to talk about because this is both of our jobs and we have a responsibility um whilst also being kids that didn't really grow up the way that kids are growing up now so I thought maybe we could talk about when we started social media when we joined what our childhood was like um what our experience with internet has been like growing up over the years to give a little background to what our relationship has been yeah I think that's a really good idea actually um I mean I grew up with you know playing video games and Pokemon and Sega and um game boys like that was you know the era i lived in and then suddenly i remember just being on msn and suddenly being sat in front of a computer when i came home from school and trying to talk to people that way and 
um, that was just, and then was it Bebo? Bebo came along. Bebo. Like, that's what that's what I grew up doing when it came to progressing onto social media. That was how it started for me, and then obviously Facebook, and then Instagram, and yeah, I was quite privileged in the sense I kind of had access to all of these things growing up, um, and. Yeah, I just remember just really quickly getting addicted to constantly wanting the newest thing or being on my phone a lot. Um, And then obviously four years ago, starting a career through using one of these things by using Instagram as a way to make money, as a way to show my emotions and show everyone what I was doing all the time and now it's just gone complete reverse where it's like I can't I can't get away from it like you go from this point of like wanting it and being on it and growing with this kind of development of technology to now it's all that surrounds and drives us and it's just scary and I think this is why we it's so important that we talk about this documentary we talk about social media and the effects it's having because while it does have its positives and we always say this it does have its positives in terms of connecting people and people being able to make a living out of their their businesses and their art whatever it may be there is huge negatives going on behind the scenes that are in our subconscious and it's just we need to make sure we are aware of them and bring them to the surface yeah absolutely what what was the first um time you remember being influenced by the internet or social media in some way do you remember that you wanted something because you saw on something to do with social media Mm. or the way that was there any specific thing that you can remember where it really affected you at a young age I don't know actually that's quite I've I've got really bad memory when it comes to thinking about Mm. my childhood but I do remember like music even in a positive way like I, you know I think it started you were. I think it started with that if I remember rightly for me it started with that Bebo platform and mm. you could use that as a way of making friends right and oh my god the friends yeah the friends the choosing of the friends yeah and the order and you could have an yeah your order and you could put your best friend at the top and I remember being really affected by that Mm. and that kind of starting the the level of um placing people in certain orders in terms of like their likeness and how much of a amazing person you are because you're at the top of someone's list and I feel like that's very similar to how Instagram is now in terms of its followers and it's popularity it's a popularity contest and I think for me that's when it first social media first affected me I remember that being very upset what about you we're both the same age so do you remember what what kind of age that was it must I feel like Bebo was like 13 to 14 yeah I was going to say 13 12 13 14 yeah 13 I think 13 Um, yeah how about you like what do you remember the first like tell me about your like upbringing with it all so, I mean, we got internet in our house when I was, we were late in the game, specifically because my mum was really um, super left. So she was, and then my dad has always been that person that's like, you watch too much TV, your eyes will go square. What's the phrase? You'll t- get your, t- get square yeah. eyes. So right from a really young age, they were, they really didn't want to get a TV. They ended up getting it because of football um so they were super strict with us we were only allowed to watch one tv show i think it was a week like it was pretty strict in our house one tv show either you know every few days or or a week and me and my brother had to decide together on one so it wasn't like i get one and he gets one it was like we had to come to a decision together um which i think was really smart Mm -hmm. um and we both chose art attacks so it um yeah we had really strict rules um in terms of 
TV. And so we didn't have the internet. We didn't get a computer until I was about 13. Um, super late in our in that era, um, in, especially in our area where there is a lot of, I guess, wealth. So kids were having, you know, phones before then. Um, and I think that's quite normal that kids will have phones at an early age. Um, but yeah, no, we got a computer then. Um, loved Pixo. Pixo was my jam. Then Bebo. Then MySpace. I lived on MySpace and was really heavily affected for sure by MySpace. Um, and then I think I went to uni with a Nokia 10 that was like like black and white like you could only play snake on it because I was that annoying person that I mean I don't I wasn't because I was trying to be cool or anything it was genuinely because I wanted to spend all my money on probably cigarettes and alcohol like I didn't want to get credit I never got credit and so the only reason I got a smartphone was when I went to uni and my mum was confused because she thought if I didn't have credit she couldn't call me so she ended up getting this is how the level of like um like that we knew about I guess how to use tech in our house so she ended up buying me I think it was an iPhone 3GS um and then immediately got Instagram and I posted quite regularly um but I started drawing and then putting it up online after I graduated um and I'd always shared my art online whether it was like on Pixo or Tumblr or I'd always had some place to share my art online um but I think when I started drawing I started definitely like I guess getting more strategic with it and it ended up being my business now and I guess with a a bigger social media following um and I you probably feel the same it's put me into the the I guess influence of whatever I've had definite jobs where that you know like ads and stuff where I have dipped my toe in that kind of uh way of running a business and so it's um I don't know it's interesting we've seen everything shift so quickly so rapidly for me it was always just a place to share my art and connect with friends and find like-minded people and for sure the last few years I've been over analyzing which I think is good Mm. um the value and also the danger of being in an echo chamber because I think internet is so when I felt like I felt like I started using the internet it was because it was like this safe haven where people were just being silly they were experimenting um I mean all the old youtubers back in the day were just creating for the sake of creating it wasn't it was the thing that you did and then went into school and people would pick on you for posting videos online right Whereas now it's like the other way around, yeah. like the cool kids are the ones with the most um, most audience on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we've seen this complete shift between the kind of weirdos flocking to the internet to find like-minded people and community. Mm-hmm. And then it's completely done a 180 when you start making something when it shifted when you could start making money out of yeah, it right yeah. so this is the that's... thing isn't it this the shift has happened because now we can monetize from using these platforms which we couldn't before um but with that and what is obviously explained a lot in the documentary is the way and one of the big words i found very interesting which they talk going quite depth in the document on the documentary is persuasive technology um and the way that although we are using this platform as a means of showing what we make and what we create and you know people posting whether it be fashion or art that there that we have all been programmed to view the content that they know we like to view Mm. but the algorithms are being designed to tap into our unconscious habits um 
and then they're monetizing yeah. off of that. So I think there's this really interesting circle that no one really talks about in the fact that we are monetizing from it, but they're also monetizing off of us and what we're putting out. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, we're going to go into some pretty deep spoilers because we just want to go yeah. right into it. Um, so if you, if you, if you haven't, haven't seen yeah, it, you haven't seen it, turn this off, watch it. go watch it, then come back and listen to our podcast. Yeah. And don't be mad if you're not doing that and you're, we're just going to ruin it for you. I guess, I mean, it's just um, lots of interviews with people who used to work at these tech companies yeah. um, coming forward and voicing their concerns, like you mentioned at the beginning. So we have a long list of notes that we want to go through. <laughs> and I'd love to start with what we've learned from watching it. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I've learned so much that I didn't know before. Um, mm. I mean, we've got basically we've got a list here, haven't we? Of some notes that we've made. So I'm gonna. I think maybe the best thing to do is pick out two each and then like okay. talk about them. I'm thinking. I don't know how. I don't know how to address our long list of notes we made. Um, but it's just what I what I didn't know is that. Every, well, I knew that everything we do we everything we do, we say, where we go, when we sleep, when we eat, they know, they know everything. They're recording us. They are, they know when we're going on our phones, they know when we're not on our phones and they are, they are thriving off of that, out of knowledge. So I always used to think that our data was being sold, but that's not the case. They don't care about our data. They don't care about that. Um, what they care about is, well, the three main goals is engagement, advertisement and growth. Um, and I didn't know that. Did you? I don't know mm. if you did. I, I guess, knew all of it, but like very like, you know, they're watching us. They're, you know, they know everything. Yeah. I think for me, when the, the kind of big explosion in my mind happened when I saw it, you know, I saw that guy who was like, they said they had like this avatar and then there's three people around him like yeah. controlling him and discussing like, like inside out, like seeing it. And that's what this guy who was part of making it was on Ellen. Um, and I watched that video of him being interviewed on Ellen earlier. And he was like, that's what people haven't seen yeah. yet is like actually how it works. Yeah um so, visually yeah. rather than being like they're watching yeah everything. like we know it ha we know it happens because we know we all talk about something and then we go on our phones and oh look there's an advertisement for it and we are what's sad is we are just so immune to it now like we're so like oh yeah this happens but actually this is going in a direction that is causing more harm um and we need to be more aware of that this is happening and like you said when you literally watch the documentary and they show you it, like literally how it works in terms of selling putting advertisement in front of you and selling that to businesses that's how they're making their money um we are the product aren't we is what they say yeah one of my notes was um a line taken from um it's about the middle of the documentary yeah. when it said if you are not paying for a product you are the product yeah and that's the thing people will always want to be like it's free and and as things have become free online there is this level of expectation of it's free people just want everything for free without even considering i mean i am i never even considered it before without even con even considering okay, these companies are the biggest companies in the whole world that have ever existed. How is this free and they're earning that much money? Yeah. Like, I never even put the two together and like thought about it. Mm -hmm. um, that's why things like Patreon are so wonderful because I guess they don't exist in like this feed mm -hmm. and constantly trying to get your yeah. attention for advertising because the money's going directly to yeah. um, whatever artist or whatever whatever the content creator yeah. is. And I think like the the biggest thing you learn and that you then do from watching a documentary is turning off your notifications because this is how businesses are making their money 
is that they know by when we're not on our phones they'll send us notifications saying you know you've been tagged in this or this is happening to this person or this person's posted this that is then drawing our attention and our addiction to our phone to then look at it and open it and then we are then looking at what they want us to look at and that's just scary <laughs> so so scary it's the whole reason why like i had a conversation with with someone i can't even remember about going to a treehouse and then i got like loads of advertising on my instagram about treehouses yeah. it was like mad yeah. um and one of the other one of the other moments that i had like a uh, you know jaw dropping moment was when um they talk about the algorithm and this ai um the idea of like the te- people think that i guess intellectual what's it, what does ai mean let me just artificial it, intelligence right? artificial intelligence they were saying they had this clip of the terminator yeah. um and people think that that's what it is and and the idea that they've coded this thing and that it has a mind of its yeah. own was just like oh my goodness and it's getting smarter yeah. and smarter and smarter and smarter yeah. as it goes yeah and so everyone wants to be like fuck the algorithm oh my god the algorithm um and i never even really i guess spent much time no understanding what it is mm-hmm. how it works why does it always change on all of this stuff i think oh it's just there are so many levels yeah it's so, so creepy yeah. it's so creepy it's I don't watch uh, Black Mirror because I find it too real um, and I, f- I find that I can't sleep mm. at night <laughs> um, but I know that I've got a responsibility to yeah. understand what I'm doing yeah. because I'm doing it, I'm part of it I'm in the system Yeah. Um, I just think I just honestly my mind was when I watched it, I've watched it twice now but the first time I watched it I was just like I knew all of this was happening and I've already tried to talk about this on social media. I've already tried to, you know, address the fact that the algorithms work in a certain way to make certain platforms um, progress and succeed compared to others because it's a way of making money and they know what sells, like, you know, sex sells or whatever, fashion industry sells, and it makes them more money. But it's just, it's so interesting to hear it from the people who created these these technologies and these like these platforms um i guess it's so interesting because i just had a, a an aha moment when you were talking about you know this is the way they work but and they open the documentary by asking people okay what is the problem and i'm trying to I've been trying to wrap my head around like okay what is the problem can we can we say it in a sentence and as you were talking I was realizing like that maybe that wouldn't be such a problem if it was done ethically if they were being like they said um having to I don't know what the word is they mentioned it but basically having like the right law and the right stuff to protect us as the users and if the people running these things were trying to make decisions based on good ethics and not money profiting it's so interesting because it's like that's the way the internet works that's why these apps work and these, these things work but i guess the problem is the where it's being it's being directed for the wrong reason yeah it comes from the people who are running these platforms and this links quite nicely actually into i did really want to talk about the people in the documentary so this links nicely into tristan harris who was you know one of the main people in the documentary who was a design ethicist ethicist is that the i'm saying it right yeah at google and basically he was, you know, working for Google and one day he was just like, this isn't right. I don't think what's happening is okay. I can see the problem happening. I can see it developing. And he basically sent around a presentation to a handful of co-workers, which was titled, A Call to Minimise Distraction and Respect Users' Attention 
In that presentation, he suggested that Google, Apple and Facebook should feel an enormous responsibility to make sure human humanity doesn't spend its days buried in a smartphone. And so he sent this round to everyone at Google and everyone at Google was opening it and talking about it. And then the next day, nothing happened. So the, yeah. the, And he still said nothing happened. And he said still nothing it. happened. So the people who are running these, these platforms like Google, Facebook and Twitter and Apple, they know what's happening and they say it in the documentary. They are very well aware that it's happening, but they're not doing anything to change it because... They're, they're making far too much money from it. Yeah, and they've got targets to meet. Yeah. And they like they employ specific people to meet those targets to make sure that they are getting the attention and the eyes on their advertisements. Um, and it's so interesting because when you say that, it reminds me of Steve, jo- Steve Jobs and Bill Gates like from ages ago when they were asked about do their kids use these tech things and how Steve Jobs even had a thing on his smartphone I think it was him um where no it was Mark Mark Zuckerberg he has a thing on his smartphone where it's plugged into the headphones so that they he can't record you um interesting so if he, if the guy who is working at this is putting those things to protect himself without even like mm-hmm. telling us oh if we get a smartphone we also need to buy this thing too yeah it just feels so us and them yeah of course and it's just it's this is what scares me is that a lot of the people at the end of this documentary when they talk about like you know they they've left they've left google they've left facebook because they saw what was happening and they knew it was wrong is I find it really interesting at the end of the documentary they say that they don't allow any of their children to use social media. No. They don't none of their children have it. Nope. And nope. I also found it really interesting in the documentary um that um hang on, where did I write? Oh yeah, that a lot of the people who created the software say they had to create new software to help them stop using it and being di- addicted to their own creations. Yeah. It's mad. It's fucking madness. Yeah. Like, you created this and you're even addicted to it. So you, obviously, you've created something because you know it has to be addictive. You know you need to get people using it. But then to be addicted to it yourself and then have to create something to stop yourself being addicted to it, that just goes Mm. to show that what is happening is wrong. It reminds me of cigarettes. Yeah. Of this thing that was like, you know, in Greece, she's like, have a cigarette, it will calm you down. It reminds me of of that. I feel like maybe social media, it's not, there's no, there's no, what's the word? There's no like legislation, there's no rules. There's your parents can say, you know, put your phone away at this certain time and take your phone off and say you can't go on social media. But what about the general public? Because not everyone's gonna have parents that have time to do that. Um, What do you think if you were um, to have kids or someone you know was to have kids and you you were responsible for uh, a child in some way how would you feel about technology being around them do you know what it's it is a difficult one because i know that the effects it's had on my mental health have been very up and down and at some points very very bad um so i would be very reluctant to allow any child of mine to use social media however i think there is something to be said in life that if you restrict or tell a child they can't do something they're going to do it without you knowing So I think it's just about monitoring and it's about having conversations around the effects. And there was another person in the documentary who says that she has that conversation with her children about the amount they use um, social media and the the pleasure pain balance, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, dopamine and addiction and having that conversation with the children. So they are aware that, okay, this is a great platform to connect with people, but also there are these effects that will come with it and you need to be aware of that. So I think that's how I would treat it with my children. 
Mm, I guess it totally depends. For me, I think I'll be so strict, like the way that my my mum was. Mm. Um, I don't think there'll be any chance of any social media before the age of 16. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I think any like you should definitely wait till you're mature enough to understand what it is you're looking at and what you're signing yourself up to because it's not just it's not just a platform of viewing content it's you're being viewed you know you are putting yourself out into the world where everyone's going to know your name what you look like um and this is something like that I hate about social media now is like someone could probably find out where I live just by looking my picture up online or like that scares me because our information is out there and it's accessible you know even probably down to how much you earn or what you're spending your money on and because you also flaunt that as well like a lot of people flaunt Mm. their wealth online like I've seen you know we've seen recently with certain people talking and Kim Kardashian is the the biggest example of of being a target based on flaunting her wealth online yeah you should how unsafe that was and I and this is something you know that more people need to talk about online with young people is being careful about what it is you're posting of yourself and where you are so you know you could post a picture of you on your street but someone could easily find out where that street is from yes from google location or whatever it's called it's just little things like that that we forget are accessible to the people who would potentially want to harm you yeah well, the checking in feature, when Facebook brought that out, I read an article, um, and that was ages ago, about how that's how paedophiles were finding children. Yeah. Because they were checking yeah. in. Yeah. I... And it just goes to show that, like, if someone is creating that, and my first instant is, like, as a woman, why would I check in on anywhere? Like, that's people are going to know where I am. Yeah. Um, why are people not... I would, if I was sat next to someone who was building that, I would have immediately been like, that is a bad idea. Yeah, That's going to hurt people. Yeah. I do think that the... There's no regulations. Yeah, the fact that you can put on your photo on Instagram where you are or where that was taken, I don't think that was a necessary part of the app that needed to happen. I think it's very dangerous. Well, I guess from their side, it would have been like, then we can, you know, send you advertisements as based on your location and tell you about this coffee shop in your area and yeah, um, yeah, monitor where you are. Yeah. <laughs> I never. Do you do anything online? Because I never post a story if I'm out. Well, when I used to go to gigs and events and stuff, I would never live upload a story. I would always film it and upload it when I'm home because I guess sometimes I might, you know walk home or alone in the dark and I and that's a good that scares point. Me. yeah I haven't I, um, I haven't thought about that no I've just been you just naturally want people to know what you're doing then and there I guess and again that's another flaw to people knowing your business and using these apps is you want to be flaunting what you're doing you want to be showing people when you're having your best times at that specific moment and instead of actually enjoying the moment this is something I'm kind of learning as I'm getting older especially is that I need to stop thinking I need to film and photograph everything that happens to me and just be in the moment and enjoy it because I don't want to look back at my life and think like I was just constantly like this all the time do you know what I mean like looking through a screen at your life yeah because that's why when I'm at festivals and stuff I'm like wait I'm looking at this through me recording mm-hmm. this rather than it's in fucking it's in front of yeah, me right yeah. um yeah no absolutely you know another moment where i like opened my jaw was when the boy said that he was going to be off his phone for 24 hours and then obviously broke and there was this moment what was it um Oh, I'm completely mind-blanking it. boy in the documentary when his phone gets smashed and his mum says, I'll fix your phone if you don't look at it for 24 hours or something. Yeah. Yeah. There was a moment when he was, like, late at night looking through everything. Yeah. And it went to the avatar. Mm-hmm. And they were throwing stuff at him. And I, I've just got a mind-blank. I'm sure it will come to me. But... 
Oh, what was it? What happened? It just puts him in a really depressing mood because it's about his ex-girlfriend. That's how they they get his attention is by saying, oh, your ex-girlfriend's in a new relationship and it makes you want to look to see who she's in a relationship with because it doesn't tell you. So that then indicates you and forces you to open your phone and then you go into a scrolling spree of looking at ads, mm. looking at content, looking at your phone and then the algorithms kick in and then you're being forced to look at content you didn't want to look at and then they play on your emotions. This is the other thing is they are playing. They know when you're lonely. They, they say this in the documentary. They know when you're feeling lonely. Mm. They know when you're feeling happy. They know when you're feeling sad and they, they use that to their advantage. That was it. That was exactly it. And he said something in that, 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 that these tech companies are, they know when you're feeling those emotions because they can profit off them. Mm -hmm. And and how these apps are training us that when we feel a certain way, when we feel those emotions to go to our phone rather than learning how to deal with them on our own as as a human being, which is like, and it's mad because yeah. this podcast is all about loneliness and yeah. yeah and I feel like a lot of my advice to dealing with loneliness is like go to the internet and find your people I know but that's kind of the whole point of this isn't it it's like we've been conditioned to think of nothing else um I thought there was another really interesting thing I did write it down but it was basically about you know how we we we've been we haven't evolved enough to deal with thousands and thousands of people making judgments of us every day Mm. um and that I thought that was just really a really interesting point yeah because in creativity a lot of the advice I've gotten from coaching that I paid a lot of money for for courses I've paid money for from all the podcasts about creativity that I've listened to books and everything they say post online the stuff that gets the most likes and does the best do more of that kind of work but if we're creating stuff based on that what is that doing to our creativity to be like making stuff just for likes i mean it's definitely affected mine i've definitely i've lost do you think yeah i mean i started creating what i wanted to create online okay the start of mm. no at the end of last year i made my show i made private parts and as soon as i posted that it wasn't what instagram wanted to see and i lost thousands i've lost thousands and thousands of followers and now i'm having to learn to adapt what i create to suit instagram and to suit what my users like not what i like not what i want to put out i'm curating my feed around what does well instead of what i want to make i guess that's why so many people are moving from to patreon right yeah like arja always talks about how she tries to not post as much on instagram and puts all of her stuff on on patreon she posts like every day on patreon so I don't know that's so interesting do you think that you would make the stuff that you want to make now you know how these apps work yeah it's definitely opened my eyes to realize that it's not me like for a long time I thought it was me I thought I was doing something wrong and it was really putting down my self-worth um and I I spoke to you, I was crying to you a lot about the way I feel on Instagram and I hate Instagram, I hate the platform because I feel like everything I do just gets shadow banned. And now I know it's not me and it's just the way that they're trying to sell a certain thing, a certain product, a certain ideology of how they want your life to be, right down to your politics and the things you wear and now it's just fascinating but it's also like what's next like um and this is another i wrote this quote down and i thought this was really good from the documentary and this is from the the former vp of growth at facebook um and he said this thing and this is like i just found this amazing and he said 
you know, we curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in those short, quick term signals of likes and hearts and comments. And we perceive that as the truth, but really it leaves us feeling more vacant and empty after posting because we're constantly seeking approval and thinking, what can we do next? And I used to think like that all the fucking time. All likes, the time. likes, likes. And now I'm I'll like... I'll delete this because it hasn't got that yeah, much likes. And I'm like, that's awful that I'm curating my life around this ideal of perfection that doesn't exist, but we, we're just being conditioned to think that this this way of life does exist and it's I just found that really really hit home with me I think from now on maybe you can take a, a vow with me that we won't make art for likes um you know I think it's so interesting because I mean I know a lot of creative people and I know a lot of people that have found their own success whatever success means to them but from the outside I, I feel like I know so many people that are successful that don't have any intention of using social media as part of their business mm. um, and I think it's quite easy um, if you have an addictive personality which I also do mm-hmm. to get lost in that yeah. um, and I think for a long time I I think I'm quite good at shutting out things that that don't matter in terms of likes and numbers and I try and like bring myself back to center to make work that really matters to me but I will be lying if I don't if I said I didn't relate to that mm. and I'd be lying if I didn't look at my engagement and think oh I'll make more of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and I'd be lying if I said that um, I don't feel competitive in some way, which is total rubbish. It's so interesting because I feel like when I started growing, when I hit like 9K, I was like, okay, that's it. I don't want to grow anymore. I don't, I'm good. Like, just can make a stop. <laughs> no more, please. I was getting opportunities. It was enough to like make me feel, I guess, um, sort of, I guess, like I was doing something um, and... Uh, yeah I was getting a lot of kind of work so it was like okay that's what I wanted it for Mm -hmm. right um and I felt like I knew everyone's name and then it just I don't like it I don't like growing um at all because I feel like I've already I mean so many people say to me like you want to grow to get opportunities right um but 9k I was already starting to get that so uh, I don't know it's so so easy to get lost in it it's so easy to want to just seek approval I think that that's human nature yeah um but we shouldn't but but this is I think it's really important that you said that that we think that success comes from how well we're doing on these apps and it's not or that those numbers are an indication of how successful mm. and how much money that person yeah. has and it's which we both, we both know it's say not it's yeah. not <laughs> and I just hate that you know young girls and boys and children in general are growing up thinking that their self-worth is all based on numbers on a on a on a on a bit of technology yeah um and I think it's really I think what also I like about the documentary is they do bring up, you know, the negative effects that it's having on children. Um, And they say, especially teenage girls, they say that the growth of teenagers self-harming and committing suicide has gone up by 62% for girls in their teens and 189% for preteens since the launch of social media. That's a fuckload. That's a lot. That's a time that's... That is ages, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't. And I'm probably super strict on this because of what my mum was like, but oh, you, I don't think any kid preteen should be have access to the internet oh. at all. I think, look, I'm gonna, probably going to have people that disagree with me and I'm sure there's ways that you can monitor and make sure that they're watching things only that you've picked and selected. But at the same time, uh, one of my friends said that, this was like five, six years ago, that they were putting the Christmas tree up. The first Christmas tree ever, right? So it was a baby. 
The baby picked up one of the baubles from the tree and just started swiping on it like it was a phone. Really? And the idea of, you know, I don't know how to say this, but I know people that work in schools, I know people that work in nurseries that spend a lot of time and that have been in schools and nurseries for since I was in them. And they have... I'm super interested in finding out how the behaviours of kids have changed because of technology, mm. not necessarily social media. And I'm always asking these people that I know, like, you know, what? How, is, how have the kids changed from when I was in nursery and you were looking after me? And, you know, there was... It's a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. There's speech problems. Yeah. There's really bad behaviour. There's rise in all kinds of things like autism, mental health issues, as well as dyslexia. But there's also, which makes me really sad, this um, inability to, and the kind of resistance to be in nature, mm-hmm. and this idea of getting messy, and not liking it and then you know wanting to like I mean I never liked sand when I went to the beach apparently I was always like get the sand off me (laughs) like a drama queen but the the, these teachers tell me that touch is such an important part of the human development and I'm gonna sound like such a grandpa but I think this idea of being inside the amount the the amount that kids are now scares the scares the hell out of me and you know I grew up with like hardly any money and we didn't really have many toys but me and my brother would just like play in the garden with like a box Mm. for like the whole weekend and like we would have so much fun um and so I'm a kid that kind of we played so much and had so much um uh joy by making up games using our own imagination. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is a huge part to why creativity is so important to me. Yeah. Um, and it worries yeah. me. I, I agree with you. I do agree with you. It is really worrying. And another thing that worries me about children and then growing up in the culture that we have now is a lot of them think they can make money and become famous because of social media instead of you know all these amazing other jobs that exist like being a doctor or being a scientist or whatever it may be but kids just think that they can make what was it get rich quick or get famous quick because of youtube or a tiktok trend and it's just well, the goal is to go viral. Yeah. And that's when I, when I talked about how, like, the internet was a place for weirdos and then it flipped. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it was because the goal now you see of kids who are younger than us who have, like, exploded online. Like, yeah. you know, the Pauls or Logan Paul. Do you remember that video that, like, went up of him filming a dead body? Did you hear about that? Yeah. Um, And how he was talking about he was addicted to constantly trying to create things for shock value yeah. um and that's why I, I do feel like it's so it's like the for me I would still be an artist regardless of if I had an internet connection or not mm. um and so the goal is always be the same but I guess my worry is that yeah you're right that these kids would the goal would be to go viral or to get this many likes or to get this many. Because if you're measuring your success and your happiness by something that is hollow, mm. what effect does that have on you? Because yeah. that can all go away yeah. in a day, can't yeah. it? Mm. it? This is the thing. Mm. It can just... I always have this dream, this thought about if it all just de- deleted tomorrow and how it would leave us as a society and how it would leave what the effects of that would be and I just think it would I don't know I just something I do think about quite a lot um but what maybe we should move on to like what we can do moving forward 
Um, and obviously the, yeah. the one thing I said at the start of this is the biggest thing that everyone who I know has watched it does after is turn their notifications on. Yeah, turn your notifications off. I've done it. Um, I don't actually have that many apps on my phone. No. I Shall I go on my phone? I, I've, I've turned everything. I, I mean, I turned off Instagram notifications a long time ago when my following started to get progressively bigger because it was just too much yeah um but i'm yeah. just did you just see me just like zone out looking at my yeah. fucking phone for a minute Fuck yeah sake, you should me out. <laughs> i was, was going I to but i <laughs> pick up my phone yeah i think i'm gonna start deleting instagram entirely on the weekends mm-hmm. I'd really love for me and you to do like a little retreat where we literally don't touch our phones. Yeah. I'd have booked an Airbnb for your birthday, so maybe we can do that then. Yeah. We can put all our phones in a jar. I would and love And just see that. how like, you know, antsy we start getting. I think that's a really good idea. And I think it's something people need to practice more. I mean, I don't do anything on my phone after seven o'clock anymore. I've like started saying to myself, no more Instagram after seven. In the morning, don't go on it till after nine o'clock instead of you know waking up straight away being on my phone it's just little things that are progressively making my mental health better because I think for me the biggest issue with social media is just comparison Mm. and I'm tired like I'm exhausted by it I'm exhausted by comparing myself to other people and I don't want to do it anymore yeah how do you think you can try and stop doing it just to get off the phone get off the phone stop being in it on it and if I when I am on it and I have that initial thought like oh my god they've got that and I haven't or they got that job I'd love that job is just to remind myself of all the accomplishments I've already done and that life is bigger it's so much bigger than than what I'm looking at on 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 an app and it's not reality and I have to remind myself that and I think I think I've, I'm learning a lot from other people who use the app, especially like us talking quite a lot. And then like talking to my other friends who are big on social media and listening to their struggles and realising, oh my God, I thought you had this amazing life, but really you suffer with this and I suffer with this. And realising that we are just all human and we are, like everyone always says Instagram is just a real of, people's best bits and it is true and you have to remind yourself of that instagram is like if i gave you my photo album from my childhood yeah and you were like oh you were so happy and i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) i just put my glasses up in like a creepy way which is like of course we had a wonderful childhood and i'm a cute baby um but you know we have family problems money problems you know it wasn't all you that photo album you'll just see like mm. everyone crying you won't see the tantrums you yeah know? I think the biggest thing for me as well I've realized this year and especially because of the pandemic and lockdown is I was really not communicating with my brothers as much as I mm. should like we were not doing stuff together anymore we weren't talking we'd go in our rooms and be very separate and I was like that's an awful way to be living like not even to be spending time with your family because you're too busy focusing on making people on Instagram happy instead of yourself um so I think that's definitely something to quality time tap into that remind yourself when you're seeing that slipping watch watch the fucking program is obviously because like you said knowledge is power and you can definitely learn a lot from watching this documentary yeah i mean yeah yeah i think it's so important to to watch this documentary and watch it with kids watch it with yeah with everyone and everyone and then talk about it at the dinner table um after this i'm gonna cook for my family so i'm definitely um i have a habit of being like i'm just gonna eat my room sometimes um yeah so i'm i'm now gonna definitely make more effort to sit down and talk I think that's so important to talk over your food and not just at a screen mm-hmm. like it's sad what what human society is becoming and I'm like I it's so weird because I love it so much and it's brought me so much joy and you know we've met online mm-hmm. and we all of our friends we've met online but yeah. I do think it's like 
it's like um it's like smoking like i met so many of my friends like in the smoking area and the best stuff happens in the smoking area and like there's joy <laughs> and there's fun and there's like laughter but then yeah. it's coming to the point now where it's like no, yeah it's gonna kill us yeah. like it's killing people like it is killing people yeah, I mean, and i think yeah go on sorry i i think that we need to start looking at it like yeah. that and i like the idea of leading by example and also sharing how we are going to improve and do better yeah. for me i'm not going to use filters at all anymore um i have a habit of even doing like paris and like smoothing my face over um and i was like that's not that big deal like that's fine i'm not doing that anymore yeah um not at all and i am gonna f i mean for me my problem was i want to wake up early um, but I end up staying on my phone late and so I go to bed at midnight I wake up early and I'm like I'm gonna have this productive quiet me time morning when I journal and I'm just sat on my phone for two hours yeah. and I'm like oh I have to start my work day for me that's where it's getting in the in the way of me wanting to live my life and, and achieve my goals mm -hmm. so I'm gonna t make a real habit of yeah not being on my phone yeah. in the morning and at night yeah I think the the to end this and this is you know something that, that all of the people on the documentary who are talking and it say at the end themselves is you know it's not about deleting social media it's not about looking at this in a negative way although negative things are happening the way to move forward is to basically the knowledge of this is power and then to make changes in your own life so that it doesn't control you anymore so it is about yes. turning off your notifications, not turning to Instagram or social media as a way to fix a problem that is happening in your real life. And it's about it's about you controlling it and it not controlling you. Um, Absolutely. And standing up when things aren't right, like Naomi Williams is doing. Yeah. And, and calling for these companies to be held accountable yeah. for what they're doing. Um, if no one says anything, they're just going to keep on going. Yeah. So you I actually got some questions, just... right? Yes, I did a call out on my Instagram because I know everyone's been watching this. And I wanted to see what people were thinking. Um, we've got We Are Heavy Mental, which is a podcast. And Reese has been a guest on our podcast. So I'll link that episode in the description and Risa said it's scary to hear ex-employees even admitting that they fucked up um do you want to read one out um me made me a lot more aware of how normalized the addiction is and I think this is the biggest thing um and this is another quote um that I I took down from the documentary is that there are only two industries that call their customers users illegal drugs and software. And that was by someone called Edward Tuftle, who's a professor of computer science. So that's a really good thing to acknowledge is that this social media and our phones are an addiction. They're an addiction and it's about learning not to be addicted to it anymore. And you only you can do that because they're never gonna stop us from wanting to use them. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because um, I know I've heard of like um, rehab facilities for technology and for video games mm. where their kids are so addicted to video games that their parents send them away, which is, you know, yeah, they're, they're, those places exist. Yeah. Like people are are sending them to those places, which is wild, isn't it? Um, another one is how everything is online now, so there's no escaping how controlled we are by these bots. No, but this is, you can control it. You are in control. You are the user. You're the user. Yes. I think it's more the thing of, like, there's no way of escaping it. No. Exactly like, there's not. no alternative. Because that's what the guy was like. There's no alternative to Google that's as big as Google. There's no alternative to Instagram that is ethical. No. You know? Not unless you go live in the forest in a cabin and live off the earth. Like, you're not going to escape it. It's everywhere. Or um, we can make our own tech company. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like everyone starts off with good intentions and you just you get into this black hole of 
survival and everything else kicks in there but um money hungry money hungry and i see it happen all the time um i love that someone's put that netflix film it was made for dum-dums wait i didn't see that (laughs) um someone said that netflix film it was made for dum-dums i mean (laughs) have you read the whole thing no i can't read i can only see that oh that's only the thing well basically they said that if anyone sat through that and thought wow this is brand new information then basically just shitting on me but um i roll but we also did say that we know this it was just visualizing it in uh in a visual like you know these elusive weird things putting it into an actual concrete thing that we can see what is going on um for me as a visual person it just put it so clearly and i love the one that says made me never want to go on my phone again in brackets and here i am on my phone I know that's why I was doing the story. I was like, uh <laughs> Yeah. I mean, can you answer to my story and give me more engagement and tell me what you thought about this? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. It's just it's very interesting. Um basically hide your kids, hide <laughs> your wife because <laughs> they're killing everyone up there. <laughs> That is so funny. Um, I'm definitely going to buy the book by someone else who was on the documentary who's a computer scientist who basically said to just delete social media, delete, get rid of your phone. And his name is Jaron Lanier. And he has written a book called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. And I really want to get that and read that. He's he's the guy with the like dreadlocks and the the white guy with dreads yeah. is the one that doesn't have any social yeah. media apps to know that what he's doing is culturally <laughs> offensive. <laughs> I mean, it's shit, it's it's, so but funny. he doesn't have social media, so he he wouldn't have. He probably doesn't even know what cultural appropriation. No, even probably is. not. But I really want to because I find him such a weird character in the program. I was like, I'm intrigued to see what your ten points are. Um, yeah you've heard it here first Venus is gonna go into the cabin and delete all our apps <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised like I can so imagine you as like uh um like a like a 70 year old woman and just like you know no nothing not a part of it if I married someone rich I would get rid of it tomorrow but it's the fact that I need to make money <laughs> the, that's the sad that's the sadness but you it. can do make money like real talk like I mean, we can have this privately and cut this out, but there's other ways that you can make money. Oh, yeah. Like you don't have no, to use social media. I know, but it's like I'm in the game now, and it's you know I've worked it for four you years. You can quit the game. I... You can have a month off. Yeah. Maybe you should have. A oh, month I'm. Off, oh, I suppose. yeah. As for Monday, I'm having a month off. By the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually having a month off because I'm gonna go and learn, and I'm gonna go read, and I'm gonna just take a break because I feel yes. saturated as fuck on social mm. media. Um, I've done this before. I've done this yeah. before. I've deleted Instagram early this year, didn't I, for an yeah. extra month? Yeah. So that's going to happen. But I think, yeah, this has been a really good episode and I've really enjoyed talking about this because, it's like you said, it is our world. It's what we're doing. We're in it. Um, yeah. But, you know... Really good documentary. Yeah. I feel like everyone should watch it. They should play it in schools um please if you watch it try and like organize to watch it with other people and get other people to watch it and have conversations because this is not going anywhere Mm -hmm. this is going to be part of our life and we have to know what is going on behind the scenes because it's it's they're shaping how we're thinking they're shaping our behavior and it's all completely under our noses and we're not even we think we the ones making the decisions but we're, we're not. not yeah that's a, that's very well put very well oh another thing that i want to do moving forward is i want to be way more kind of i guess activisty mm. or way more um challenging the system mm. than play the game mm. like i want to it's going to make me lean into the other direction yeah 
um, way more because, well, as Naomi Williams said, I feel like I've said her name like 10 times. She said that if you have a bigger account, they're watching everything you oh, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just going to show my butt, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Watch this Instagram. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna take a shit on my next post. Um, Sorry, yeah. Was, well, I don't know why that went. <laughs> why I took the turn that, to, to that. Um. Anyway, oh, that's been a great. That's been a great episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. And we hope you've enjoyed it, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, your morning, whenever you're listening to this. And. Oh, please let us know what you thought oh, yeah. and please give us a review because it helps us out so much. Please. And we will see you next Tuesday.